you are still in control and every knee shall bow and confess that you are God. Father, right now, we come against every stronghold, every principality, oh God. And we are rested under the authority and the name of Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah God Almighty. Christ Jesus, thank you for the authority that you have given us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we pray for our families. God, we pray for our families, Lord. That every one of them have an encounter with you. That they will renounce every spiritual curse. And they come under the submission of your authority, God. We pray for our friends, our families, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors. We pray for strangers. That all of us, Lord, not only have the opportunity to accept you, but that we do, Lord. I pray that you will bring conviction to the hardened hearts, Lord. And that each and every one of them will give up, Father, dear God, their ways for your ways. Father, we worship you here today. We know that every word, Father, dear God, that you have spoken will never go void. We are living in dangerous times uncertain times but we are still standing on the word father we pray for the nation of america there's a lot of commotion a lot of anger a lot of confusion but we pray oh god that the prophets will rise up and declare the word of the lord And that every city, every town, every community will understand, oh God, that you are Lord. Father, we worship you, oh Lord. We thank you for the reopening of the church, oh God. We thank you for giving us this opportunity as we turn a new page in our walk. We are here, Lord. Before you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We want to take this opportunity and pray for those who are watching us through the internet. We pray that the word of God will pierce your heart. That the word of God will do exactly what it says it's going to do over your life. We plead the blood of Jesus over your life. And we continue to pray and press on knowing that one day we will see the fulfillment of God's word over your life. So stop running. Stop rejecting. Stop renouncing it. 
and start confessing it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, 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 we thank you. We want to take this opportunity as well to welcome all of those who are watching us today. God bless you. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I am the pastor here at the Resurrection Center. We are located on 1060 Worcester Street, Indian Orchard, in the beautiful city of Springfield, Massachusetts. If you want to know more about our ministry, log in on our website, www.resurrectionspringfield.org, or you could follow us on all social media platforms at TRC413. Amen. Let us be on our feet for those who are here in the sanctuary and those who are watching us as we begin to read the word of God we want to give reverence to the word of God let's go to the book of James chapter 1 verse 21 through 25 and we're going to be reading from the new King James version that is James chapter 1 verse 21 through 25 the book of James God is so good, and when we have it, let us read out loud. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your precious word, Lord. Let us treasure your word, Father, dear God. Let us value your word and let us not ignore your word. Father, we thank you. And the church of God says you all be you could all be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to look at the person that's sitting next to you, even those, though, who are six feet apart from you. And I want you to tell them this, the writings are on the wall. The writings are on the wall. Those who are watching us, the writings are on the wall. This phrase that is sometimes expressed, many people lose the meaning of it. The meaning behind this phrase is, say, it, 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 in other words, what this phrase is saying is it. There's going to be a time of difficulty and unpleasings. In other words, this phrase predict future events to come. The Bible is more relevant than what you think. Everything that we're seeing, everything that we're experiencing has been written. It has been foretold. 
we have lost sight of that word in more ways than one. Many of us have got caught up in our own ways, not knowing that our ways are not pleasing to the Lord. And the, in the times that we're living now, right now, the people are demanding answers. The people are looking for signs. The people are asking, what's going on? And it's so sad and so unfortunate that we as believers, not all, but some, cannot even point out accurately and interpret the signs that we're under right now. Amen? Everything begins with something taking place. And as believers, we are directed by God to cooperate with His Word. Now James chapter 21 clearly says, Lay aside. In other words, let go, put away. Stop doing that. The Apostle James received a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was guiding James so that James could write this letter to the church and explain to the church what God expects from them. Now many of us today ignore that, not understanding that our behaviors and our attitudes contribute to our lifestyle. And many of us are living in an ungodly life even though we attend church. We rebel against the word of order of God because we don't agree with it. Because we don't want to hear it. Because we don't want it. And sadly enough, many of us are losing sight of the blessing that God has for us. Because every time that you're obedient to the word of God, God is obligated to bless you. God is obligated to bless you. The reason why God hasn't blessed many of us, because we're still in a mess. And God doesn't bless a mess. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? What God is saying, in other words, I need you to cooperate with me. If you cooperate with me, I can communicate with you. And if I communicate with you, you will be effective in everything that you do. But you continue to ignore the things that I'm saying to you because you, yourself as an individual, are allergic to the voice of God. You are allergic to the voice of God. Every time God speaks correction into you, your attitude, it's, a, it's not a pleasing attitude. It, it's, it's an attitude of entitlement. And we are ignoring that everything that God has intended for us is for our own good. Now, my question today is, is if everything was going good prior to you accepting the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, then why are you walking this walk then? You came here because of a need. You accepted God because you recognize whether you acknowledge that, you recognize that you needed God. 
And here the Apostle James is saying, listen, lay aside, let go, put away, stop doing that. Behaviors, attitudes, and ungodly ways are not God's ways. Period. You can try to justify all you want. You can justify your behaviors all day. God ain't hearing it. The Bible tells us that the ear of the Lord, the ear of God is attentive to those, to those who follow him. Once you follow someone, especially for a long period of time, you are going to start to look like them or resemble something of them. We've been doing this for years and no change. My question is, what's your attitude? Where's your heart? Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. I heard that saying many years ago. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And that's why we're not seeing God the way we're supposed to see God. The Apostle James also brings up and also points out, receive with with meekness the implanted word of God. The implanted word of God causes to take root in our hearts. Now, the Apostle James is letting every believer know, including myself today that I'm reading this passage, that there's a word that God has released. And that word is a seed. And that word is looking for a ground to be planted in. In this case, is our hearts. Why? Because the issues of life flow from where? Our heart. So if we nurture and treasure the word of God in our hearts... Our life will be a reflection and it will give evidence to those that don't believe that there's something going on inside of you that it's non-normal, abnormal to them. Amen? But they see a good fruit. And they desire that whether they tell you or not. They desire it because their attention now is focus on the way you do things. And sooner than later, they're going to ask you, what is it that you're doing? Because I like what I see. And I want to be a beneficiary of that. And that presents to you the opportunity to evangelize the gospel. The reason why many people are not giving their lives to God Because what they see from us is not the true God. They see hypocrisy. Even when you think people are not looking, they're looking. And we have to take that under account. That's not for us to be stressing out for. But it's us to keep under account that we are a reflection of everything that we say we are. Amen? And everything we say that we do. So the Apostle James says here, in other words, I'm paraphrasing, but this is the only thing that comes to my mind. You are a complete result of yourself. The results that you have right now, standing right before you, some results you accept, others you reject, 
are an indication that that's who you are. You want to start seeing better results in your life? Start sacrificing more. Start following more. Start being a good, not hearer, but also doer of the word of God. We have a lot of hearers of the word of God, but not a lot of doers. Why? Because it requires effort. And we don't want that. We want it easy, shake, and bake. My way. And it doesn't happen that way. Amen? You are a complete result of yourself. Now, success is the result of discipline. Write that down. Success is the result of discipline. Success is the result of sacrifice. Success is the result of obedience. All of these things work simultaneously with one another. If you don't know how to discipline yourself, you're not going to be successful in life. If you don't know how to sacrifice, meaning getting out of your way to do something that causes you Everything that you are, every ounce of you, the result of that will be success. Obedience to obey. The things that you don't like but you know are good for you in more ways than one. We have to obey. And, 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 and the Apostle James is painting a picture to every believer that is following Jesus Christ. If you want to make this work, if you want the Holy Spirit to start working inside of you, then you're going to have to learn how to sacrifice. You're going to learn how to become more disciplined. You're going to have to learn how to be obedient. That all causes something in more ways than one. The attitude of many today in the church has brought this judgment that we're currently seeing right now. And if you don't believe me, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 17 talks about that. That the judgment of God begins in the house. And so what it will be with the world. The judgment of God begins where? In the house. What we're seeing today it's a result of people not praying. Now, I don't say all, some. What we see today is the world in chaos being afflicted through a pandemic caused by human sin. Caused by the very nature of the sons of disobedience. If we were doing what God called us to do, trust me, he is obligated to bless you and cover you. Some of you are so concerned about catching Corona and God is more concerned of you catching the Holy Spirit. If you catch the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is your helper. So your helper will help you get through this season of pandemic without you and your family being harmed. Because it will reveal to you 
They'll tell you, don't go here. Don't go. It will even keep you from yourself. I love when God keeps me from myself. I hate to admit it sometimes because we're prideful. But how many times God has kept you from you? But isn't it hard to share that sometimes? Because we're so prideful to a certain degree, right? We're like, nah, I can't share that. No, that wasn't you. That was God. That was God that made, that, that allowed that deal not to go through. Because you would have been bankrupt. It was God that allowed that business not to open up. Even though you put all your effort into it. But God never blessed it and ordained it to begin with. But God kept you from bankruptcy. God is faithful even when we're unfaithful. But we hate and we despise when people are unfaithful to us. Have you ever considered God? How many times God wanted to have intimacy with you in the middle of the night and you fell asleep? He wanted to speak to you. He wanted you to spend some time with him, but you fell asleep. But you didn't fall asleep. When you were watching 90 Day Fiance, you you didn't fall asleep when the NBA playoffs were going on. That's why I thank God everything has been canceled. Everything. The only thing that hasn't been canceled is ignorance. Because instead of people reflecting now, taking a time out and saying, you know what, I need to reflect every decision that I have made so far because my life depends on it. Instead, they're complaining for everything to open up and everything to get back to normal. Let me tell you something. That's not going to happen. Sorry, I have bad news. Welcome to the new new. Every time. There's an interruption in the global world. It's because God wants to do something new. In other words, what God is saying, time out. Time out, time out, time out. I'm coming soon. I need to prepare you a little bit more because I care about you. I don't want you to be left behind because your condition is not the condition that I expect from you. Why? Because you're still cussing. You're still getting upset. You're still getting angry. You're still having tamper, tantrum, fits. Grow up. That's what God is saying. Grow up. If I bear the cross, you are to bear your cross as well. Are, are you hearing me, church? The writings are on the wall. I hear people all the time. I had a situation a few years ago where someone said to me, Pastor, I don't agree with your message. I just don't agree with that. And I said, that's fine. I said, I'm willing to listen to you. I said to this person, I'm I'm willing to listen to you. You are pastor? Yeah. I want to know your philosophy and your ideas and your perspective views that you oppose against me. I want to see yours. Oh, yeah, pastor. The person was really excited. And I was excited, too, for the response I was going to give them. And I said... If you want me to hear you out, please promise me one thing. And they say, yes, anything, pastor. Can you promise me this? Yes, pastor. Can you be real with me? Yes, pastor. Can we go to your house right now and look at your closet? For what? That's what they answer. And I said, because I want to see your closet. Because your closet is a reflection of you.
were dumbfounded. It is easy for you to correct someone that has fruits than someone that doesn't have fruits. Are you hearing me? Now, I guarantee you if I said, okay, I, I want to see your closet tomorrow, that would have gave them the opportunity to organize everything and the advantage. But I said right now, right now, let, let's see it right now. Let's look at your spiritual closet. You see, there's this thing about certain people that they want to have success, but they hate those and despise those who are successful. If you see someone that's successful at what they do, trust me, they had to learn discipline. They had to learn sacrifice and they had to learn obedience. Obedience to them is the rules of the game. We call it obedience in, in, in layman's terms and in, in worldly terms is what? They play by the rules. No one becomes successful overnight. No one does. And you say, yeah, pastor, I know a few people that won the lottery, but how many people keep the money from the lottery? Have you ever heard of the curse of the lottery? Unbelievable. If you were a mess before you got the money, now you became a hot mess. Now you became hood rich. You go on a spending spree. Before you get a house, you get a car. With rims bigger than the door. You need a ladder to get in that car. And now the ladder costs you more money. Now you can't register and inspect the car because it's not complying to the rules and regulations. And now you find out that everything that was showing you on TV was a fantasy. Pimp my ride. If you live in Massachusetts, be careful how you tint your windows. Because you might get pulled over and get a fat ticket. Stop watching TV and chasing empty dreams. And begin to discipline yourself. I mean that with the utmost respect. I'm a person that I, 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 I watch TV. But I, I don't indulge in everything that TV has to offer. Because there are certain programs and certain things that are out there. That want to steal and rob the seed of the word of God that God has implanted in my heart. Understand that you have to value and protect that word. If God has spoken to you. God is faithful to keep that word. But let me tell you something. God doesn't have amnesia. He doesn't forget what he says. We intend to forget that. Because we don't see the result of that seed take place. Let me tell you something. When you plant something, there's a rule to that. Have you ever heard of that saying, there's a season for everything? And everything a season? In due season, you will reap what you sow. So if God has implanted a word inside of you, you have to treasure that. 
when people try to talk you out of that, you know, I don't think, think, I don't think that, that God really meant that. You know what? I rebuke the devil. I rebuke you too because you don't know what I have gone through. And maybe the sea is not coming out in the season that I want it to come out. But I guarantee you, in due season, it's going to come out. And you're going to see the end result of that. You're not going to steal that from me. When I was a kid, we used to take John to the farm and we used to see these scarecrows on the field. And I would say to myself, how is that even possible that that scared away the birds and the crows? And so a farmer explained it to me. He says, as long as the birds see that there's someone in authority standing there. As long as they see that there's someone standing in authority there, they won't even dare come near. The reason why the devil comes into our house and does whatever he wants is because we allow it. There's no one in authority in the house. And authority is not defined the way we define authority. We define authority as someone being aggressive Someone standing on the ground, someone uh, uh, of a law enforcement, someone that has been delegated authority. No, the authority that the enemy respects is the authority on the word that you're living on. He doesn't respect you, but he respects the word of God. And if you treasure the word of God, the enemy says, I can't come in here. I can't even come near. As a matter of fact, before he even walks up your street. He has a sinus attack. And he begins to sneeze. Achoo, achoo, achoo. I just, I just got to get out. This atmosphere is too pure. I'm getting allergies. Look, look, I'm breaking out. Ah, I need to go to the ghetto. Where I'm well welcome. You don't believe me? Some of you ever been down to Florida, Key West? If you don't wear, wear a certain kind of lotion or sunblock, the sun will eat you up in minutes. Search the territory that you're walking in, and it will reveal to you what is in there. In verse 22 of James chapter 1, verse 22, the apostle Paul says, Be doers of the word. In other words, what he's saying is, put into practice. Put into practice. Put into practice. Try this first. Before you criticize anything, try it first. Try it first. Put this into practice. Don't criticize God. Don't criticize the way he does things. If you have yet to put into practice his word. If you put into practice his word. I guarantee you. You will get results that you never thought possible. In your life. God is the God of possible. Even in the midst of impossibilities. He says in chapter 20 and, and verse 22, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Don't be just a, hear, uh, uh, a hearer. You have to be a doer. In other words, stop lying to yourself. You could talk 
all the talk you want to talk. But when I was growing up, I don't know if you remember Sister Janet. When we were growing up as kids, we used to talk a lot of trash. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And, I'm, and, and there was always one individual or a group of people that said, I hope you come and you back it up. You better back it up. Remember them days? You better back it up, for real, for real. N- now today, we, we have uh, people trolling people on social media. We have trolls. When I was growing up, you talked about somebody. They knew where you were going to be at. And they was going to beat you right there where you stand every day. Remember when we were kids, we used to tell, Mom, I don't feel good. I don't want to go to school. Because we knew we was going to get at whooping. Mom, we need to move from this neighborhood. You need to change. Change us from school, please. Change us. Oh, God, they're going to beat us up. I should have said what I said, what I said, what I said, what I said. Now you get away with it. Because you can disguise yourself. But if you were if, if you grew up in my time, <laughs> they knew where you were at. And if they didn't know where you were at, they knew somebody that knew they knew where you were at. And they will find out. And they say, Oh, you're talking all that trash. Oh, I'll see you. I'll see you, don't worry. Remember me? (laughs) Give God a round of applause. The Apostle uh, James is saying, stop lying to yourself in verse 22. He says, not heroes only, deceiving yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Self, self, Deception is defined as an act of lying to yourself or making yourself believe something that is not true. Many of us today are living a lie. Pastor asks you, how you doing? I'm good. Because you are afraid that if you say that you're not good, I'm going to have a talk with you. Better late than ever. Hello? Better late than ever. i rather allow God to confront me than allow myself to be destroyed by me. Stop lying to yourself. Accept the truth for what it is. And become a steward of what God has given you. And, and, I, and I tried this more, in, in more ways than one and it didn't work. And I got the same result when I kept believing something of myself that I knew it wasn't true. And I believed it so much that I finally realized it was never going to come true because it was a lie. Stop wasting time. Stop lying to yourself. Stop it. Stop it. God has created you uniquely, different. Embrace that. Embrace that. 
in the beginning of this ministry, I used to be extra hard on myself. I will go home and I didn't want to hear none of the messages just because I messed up. I pronounced something a certain way or I, or I um, presented it differently than what I thought I had in the paper. And, 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 and I will go home at times and even cry in the middle of the night while my wife was sleeping. I say, darn it, why did I say that? Why did I express myself that way? Why? I know what I'm trying to say, but why is it not coming the way it's supposed to come out? And God, I, I look like, a, like an idiot. I'm stupid. And to my surprise, people will come up to me after service or weeks later. Man, what you said. That's oh man, it came right here. Oh, it, it. and then I will, dag, man. I could have been sleeping on peace. Now, 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 now I, I know where that gray hair came from. I was killing myself because I was being too hard on myself. Deception will lead you down that route. When you embrace what God has given you, it will completely make you who God intended you to be in the first place. So maybe you cannot pronounce words correctly or come across politically correct or well-educated, but let me tell you something. The Bible teaches me that God takes those that think they're wise and brings their wisdom to nothing from those that came from nothing. So a little ghetto boy with a nose full of builders, with Paco jeans, cool water run down Avon spray. God has in this altar bringing the word. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Trust me, God is good. Verse 25. The Apostle James emphasizes, practice makes perfect. The Apostle James is trying to get the people of God to understand that when you put something, okay, into perspective and you apply it to your life sooner or later you're going to become perfect in that the problem today is that we give up too easy or we want it too easy trust me the result of that is not going to be what you think now Many of you go, go to restaurants and, 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 you, and, you're, and, and some of you can vouch for certain restaurants. But if you go to the same restaurant after a while, you know if the cook that normally cooks is cooking that day. And you begin to criticize because you're not getting what you're normally expecting. But have you ever, have you ever been on the other side of the fence? There is an expectation from God from you, and that's called participation. God wants you to participate in what he has already declared over your life. So in other words, if God has called me to be a pastor, then it's my responsibility to do my pastoral duties 
by disciplining myself, paying the sacrifice and walking in obedience and everything else will be added. Everything else that I'm missing. But God ain't going to bless someone that's lazy. It, it, it's sad how everyone will go on social media and read everyone's comments and posts, but they won't read a verse. Or they'll read the verse, but they won't study the verse. You, we all do studying when we go to social media. Yeah, we do. Because we click on one picture. We study the picture. We want to know who's there and who wasn't there. Then we visualize ourselves not being there. And then we begin to comment. Look at them. They ain't real. If we had that same approach for the word of God. Woo! Like that mirror. The apostle James said, don't, don't be like a man that looks himself in the mirror and sees his auto appearance, then turns away and forgets what he saw. That's how we do sometimes when we come to church, we hear the word. The word is a reflection of what we're supposed to be doing. We capture the word to a certain degree. We get in our cards and then we contradict the word. It's like the man who looks in the mirror, looks at his auto appearance, and then he forgets about what he sees. If you don't like what you're receiving, check what you're giving. If we apply this biblical principle in our lives, I guarantee you, we will achieve more in life. One of the things that I learned as a pastor and I was constantly reminded and drilled, not only by my wife, but also by my apostles and other ministers that, I, that worked closely with me, was like, Pastor Jose, just give the word. It's up to them. If they don't want to receive it, oh well, I know it hurts. It kills you because you care more about them than what they care about themselves. And it's, it's, it burns. And I, don't want, I didn't know how to balance that out. Trust me, and I'm still working on that. Because I, I go home and I say, why is so-and-so this way? Only if they knew, only if they knew. It makes you like want to just invite them over your house and turn on the Wii and play Mike Tyson punch out and have the two remotes and accidentally like, pow! Oh, sorry, I just got him up. You, you all right? I think I'm the only realest person in this place because I know that some of you have thought about that, about your children, your sisters, your brothers, even co-workers, even your neighbors. Some of y'all look at your neighbors like, why they got to cut the grass like that? Why they got to put them little trolls on their grass? That's their land. Let them do whatever the heck they want to do. It's like my mom used to say to me, you didn't put nothing on this. So get up off this. My mom was a gangster. She's been redeemed, sanctified, and healed in Jesus' name. Practice make perfect. Recent studies support a theory that if you start a new habit in three weeks or 21 days, it will become a part of you. 
Studies have support that theory. Scientifically and medically proven that you can break a habit in 21 days or you could create a new habit in 21 days. If you begin today by applying the word of God saying, okay, this week I got this. I got this. Holy Spirit, you in my corner. I got this. I ain't going to cuss my husband today. I'm not going to cuss my wife all week. Now, cussing doesn't necessarily mean that you're being vulgar. It could just be you, uh, in more ways, just... You're working the nerve. Thank you. If you know it bothers your wife, your husband, your children, whoever, stop doing it. That's annoying. Because you're going to get attitudes back. You, you get what I'm saying? So... How to create a new habit. Lord, help me. Help me. Now, if you have a hard time reminding yourself, keep this in mind. This is, this is something that I keep always in the back of my mind. So that way I won't get myself in trouble. I said, man, if I do that, that's about like six, seven months. Six, seven months where, Pastor? Probation or jail? See, when we were in the ghetto and we were gangbangers, we used to think about certain things. And one of the things that we used to constantly think about was the terms that they were going to give up based on the crime that we were going to commit. So we will say to people, I'll shoot you, man. I was going to shoot you, man. But I was like seven years in jail and you ain't even worth it. You ain't even worth it, brother. You ain't, oh, man, I'm going to get somebody to get you. Remember that? Am I the only one? I'm going to get my sister. I'm going to get my brother. I'm going to get somebody that's crazy in my family. They're going to whip yo and going to whip your mama, going to whip your brother. They don't care because they like jail. Jail's good with them. But for me, I don't really like jail. But I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm just being real with it. Amen? So the, so, so, James chapter 1 verse 25 he says but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it it is not forgetful as a hearer but a doer of the word this one will be blessed in what he does in other words when you are obedient To what has been delegated to you by God. Everything that you do. Will be blessed. People come over my house and say. Pastor you make the best cup of coffee. How do you do it? And I remind myself. Of those days that I didn't know how to make coffee. When we first got our first little small little apartment. And I put more coffee than water. Than water. And then I put more water than coffee. And then I put the coffee maker outside. And then I threw the coffee maker out the window. I I remind myself of those days. And I began to experiment with coffee. Now, Spanish coffee is different coffee because Spanish coffee is known as cocaine. And if you don't process it right, you might get a caffeine overdose. What that means is that you'll stay up all night. Like an owl. How many of you have ever gone to someone's house that has made that cup of coffee and out of ignorance you say, oh yes, let me get a cup. And you know it's 7 o'clock at night 
And then you find yourself at midnight. There must be something wrong, God. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I heard something. My heart's racing. Is someone at the door? You know, like people that do drugs. (laughs) I can relate. Because I have friends that did drugs. Like, man, sit down, brother. Ain't nobody knocking at the door. What's wrong with you? I remember hanging out with a friend of mine. He constantly used to do that. I, I, I used to regret it afterwards. I used to be like, Dad, man, why you had to bring Pookie and Tookie over here? You know how they act when they get high. They mess it up by high. Get off of that TV set. That's not a... Put that back, man. My mom's going to come back in an hour. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lord, help me with this, people. Three things before we close. Three things that we must learn. We started this message today by saying the writings are on the wall. In other words, there is signs. The signs are very clear. Of what we are facing today. No one can neglect that. No one can, 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 can ignore that. It's a reality. This is what it is. Look at today. Just turn on the news. And all you're seeing is reports that you never thought you were possibly going to see. We're seeing it. It's like end times. The writings are on the wall. That's an indication that we as believers need to get it together in every area possible. God is saying, I am at the door. I am at the door. The second coming of my return, the rapture is about to happen. You need to stop playing games. Because the fire is real. It's real. Trust me. When I heard of this pandemic and everything shutting down, I never thought in a million years or in my mind that a virus will completely shut down the world but we're witnessing that today so anything's possible what I love about God is that for two years he was getting us ready for something and those who have come to this church you know how I have preached that from this altar something is about to happen prepare yourself get out of debt this and that let me tell you something today As I speak, there is 41 million unemployed. One out of four houses in your neighborhood don't have an income coming in. When people are not used to receiving something, I mean, when when, when something is interrupted and they're not receiving, they go crazy. They begin to hallucinate. Fear creeps in, and before they know, and before you know it, they're out there in the streets luring or even taking their own lives. That's a reality. We waste time doing things that God never called us to do. If we would have start started applying the Word of God years ago, we wouldn't find ourselves in the predicament that many are finding themselves today. We talked about in this same altar for many years how to have. A, a, a backup for six months just in case if you lose your job. Now, God is faithful to keep you. God is faithful. He will keep you. But one thing that God has said is that we're all 
are going to be under the same wrath. We are all going to feel it. We are all going to see it. And we're going to experience it. And the Bible says that we are to have a good attitude. Because that means our Redeemer is at the door. Our Savior is at the door. The Bible says, count it as joy when you're being persecuted. Right? Some of you, your persecution right now is standing in line at Walmart. Can this line move? Oh my God, please make this line move. Then you get in the store and everything that you were planning to get was not there. And then you have another fit in aisle number two. I I hear this all the time, every time I go to Walmart now. Clean up on aisle number two. Clean up on aisle number three. Clean up on aisle number 24. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on over there? And I begin to imagine, man, people are making a mess of themselves. They're not just dropping things. They're making a mess out of themselves. So three things that we are to take under account as we close. First of all, have an attitude of gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. Write that down. How do I define that? I define it this way. The secret for every blessing that I have obtained, the secret to that is that I treat every blessing like if it was my first blessing. I treat every, even a glass of water, thank you, Jesus. Because there was a time I didn't have a glass of water, or I didn't have no water to get to begin with, and God made a way. If you treat every blessing like your first blessing, you will always be humble in more ways than one. But if you don't, the spirit of entitlement... The spirit of pride, the spirit of narcissist will creep in. And now all of a sudden, no, I don't want a glass of water. I want Fuji water. I want smart water. I want my water that comes from the rainfalls of the rainforest in Brazil. Well, you know what? We'll bring you some water from Brazil and we'll bring you something else. Treat your blessings like if it was your first blessing. Thank you, God, for this car. Thank you, God, for this house. I know it's not the best neighborhood, but thank you, Lord. I've added to of gratitude. I added to of gratitude, and trust me, it might take a few years, but you're going to get to a place where everything that comes in your hands, you're going to appreciate. When we were growing up, I, I don't get this generation, Sister Janet. Help me, please. Help me. This is one of the most selfish generations that I have seen. I don't want that. I don't eat that. I don't watch that. Oh, really? (laughs) Send them to my house. I guarantee you when they leave my house after we're done with them, they're going to say, I ain't never going back to Pastor Jose's house. No, the grass is greener on the other side. Ask my goddaughter. She'll tell you. She stayed over one day. Next thing you know, Pastor Millie's sending me pictures of her mopping and cleaning. And I say, darn Skippy. You lay in that bed, you make that bed. See these kids today. I ain't making up no room. Get out of my room. 
get out of my room. Your room is where? In my house. This is my house, not <laughs> Get out of my room. Get <laughs> Keep me, Jesus, at 7 to 8. 7 to 9 if they catch me on videotape. Come on, give God a round of applause. Number two, practice what you preach. Your word is a result of your behavior and your, and your lifestyle. The word speaks of you. Stop trying to preach something you ain't living. And if the word preaches too hard, then I'm going to say it this way. Stop demanding something that you ain't giving. I'm going to take the word preach out because as, as, as mo- the moment you hear, you, you hear the word preach, all of a sudden you think about a, a righteous behavior. No, if you, you ain't, if you're demanding something, make sure you're giving it. You want the house clean and you're the first one that don't contribute to the cleanness. You walk in the house with dirty shoes, yelling at your wife. Why is this house not clean? And I can see the wife on the other hand. When you take up your stupid shoes. Before I wipe my flow with it. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. That's too violent for me. Practice what you preach. Don't demand what you ain't giving. And if you're demanding it, then give it. Are you hearing me, church? God is good. You know, it's crazy. It's fascinating, right? Speaking on the the... the I'm not going to use the, the, the name of the store because I don't want to give it any pr- free promotion because they ain't promoting us. But it's fascinating how you go to these stores. And you know what stores I'm talking about. And you don't find nothing. Nothing in the aisles. But it, has it dawned on you that most of the things they're missing from the shelf are cleaning products? I went to the store the other day and I couldn't find no easy off of my oven. And I said to myself... Dad, God, usually that's a dollar. And you see a whole section fill of that. And God is, and and, and I said to God, what's going on? And and God has a sense of humor. How many believe that God has a sense of humor? Isn't it funny how how God has a sense of humor? If you're too religious, you won't understand that. And God said to me, they're cleaning what I told them to clean in the first place. Because after they done cleaning their house, I'm going to clean them up too. Because I'm going to spray them with the Holy Ghost. You can't find no cleaning products. All along, we've been living around germs and viruses, and we never took none of that serious. We, with the same hands that we cook are the same hands we go outside and we reprimand our kids and we play with dogs. We don't wash our hands, and somebody tells us to wash our hands, we get all upset and all mad. Oh, my hands was clean. I saw you put your hands on the dog. And now there's a pandemic. No one even wants to get near you. You sneeze and everybody takes off running. My, my, my friend, uh, Apostle Raphael, uh, uh, Prophet Raphael from Colombia said, Pastor Jose, he was talking to me on the phone the other day. He said, Pastor Jose, man, I need you to pray for Colombia. And I said, why? What's going on? He said, people shoot, no one moves. Someone sneezes, everybody goes running. <laughs> I could try to picture that. Pop, pop, pop. Everybody's just going about their business. I shoot. Oh, dip, duck down. Oh, 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 they shooting. 
like sneezing over there. Oh, get down, get down, kids, get down. Oh, my God, they're coughing over there. Oh, 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 we got corona. I could just picture that. That would have been me. If I was in Colombia, somebody sneezed, you know I'm extra. You know I'm extra. Pastor's extra. I would have rolled under the car. It depends what I was wearing, though. Because if I wear some nice clothes, I ain't rolling under no car. Heck no. I might take off my shoes and run down the street. I ain't rolling under no car, man. Nah, nah, not this blazer. Nah, man. I waited and lied to get that on sale. Shoot. Number three. Woo. It's getting hot up here. Emily, you feel that? Woo. Give Emily a round of applause for being such a good sport. I'm telling you. Are are you getting used to me? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Too soon. Number three and final. Be a good steward. Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 through 30. Jesus Christ describes to every believer how to be a good steward. And the way he defines it is to be an overseer. Of his possessions and his affairs. We will never be owners. We will always be stewards because everything belongs to God. We will never be owners. We will only be stewards because everything belongs to God. Your house belongs to God. Your job belongs to God. Your car belongs to God. Your kids belong to God. Your pets belong to God. Your enemies belong to God. Your friends belong to God. Everything begins, belongs to God. But we ignore that. And we get territorial over things that don't belong to you. One day you will give account for everything that God has delegated to you. God is going to say, hey, 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 come here. I know you played that game for many years. You lied to people, but I need you to tell me what was it that you did in 1985 with what I gave you? 1985, I don't remember that. Well, let me bring you up to account. Let me bring you up to speed because God don't forget anything. You ate cookies that wasn't yours. And you misused everything I gave you. Let us not be naive. God, I'm sorry. I I haven't been a good steward. I haven't been a good steward. Help me, Lord. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, verse 17 through 21, you can read it in your own time. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 21 says the same thing. Be a good steward. In other words, stop wasting. Stop wasting. Stop wasting. Everything that God has given you is valuable. Now, you might think it's not valuable, but someone that doesn't have it, they wish they had it. You know, we complain about the things that we have. We complain about our husbands. We complain about our wives. We complain about complain about our children we complain about our house we complain about our cars we complain about our jobs we complain about everything we don't find anything good have you considered that everything that you have God given you to begin with and what you do have others wish they had and they don't you have to learn how to be grateful man complaining about your house because you don't have room enough to pull a pool let me tell you something do you can you even afford a pool 
Oh, I don't like this house. It's too small. It's, let me tell you something. If it's too small, praise God. Less cleaning. What do you want a big old house for? So it could have spider webs and, and roaches living on the third floor. The floor that you don't... I never knew that was in my house. Because my house is big. And I'm a big, selfish person. That I have all these rooms for one person. Thank you, God, for thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for the breath. Thank you, Lord, for the water. Thank you for everything, everything that you have given me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Allow me, Lord, to be a good steward of everything you have given me. Allow me to treasure and value what you have given me. And attitude of gratitude goes a long way. And if you don't know how to be a good steward of what God has given you, then guess what? God ain't going to give you more than what you expect. I pray when my, when my check comes in, it, it goes right into the checkings account. I pull up the screen on the laptop or on the phone. Thank you, God, for the provision. Let me not be a misuser of this money. Allow me to use this money wisely. I give you what belongs to you, Father, dear God, and help me also. Make the most with what I got. God will supply all of your needs. That's what the Bible says, right? God will supply all of your needs. It doesn't say God will supply all your wants. There's a lot of wants. I want this, I want that. And God is saying, no, you don't. You need this. Like many of us, God, I want a husband. I want a wife. And I could just see a God up there in heaven just looking down on us and say, boy, girl, go get a hairbrush. Nobody want no body busted and disgusted and broke. Get your act together. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. God, I want a house. And God is saying, show me. Show me what you can do with that apartment that you got. Show me. I don't want to hear it. I want you to show me. Get up in the morning and vacuum. Vacuum this carpet. Because if you want a house, you're going to have to cut the grass. You're going to have a lot of responsibilities. You can't call the landlord and complain. Now you're the landlord. Now you're on the other side of the fence. Now you understand why your landlord didn't answer you when you wanted him to answer you. Because he had to put up with you. Now when you have to put up with yourself, you go, oh, dip. who do I call? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Wow. We're living in uncertain times. And I'm going to close with this. And I hope you guys treasure what I'm about to say. Yes, we're living in uncertain times. Yes, I get that. I get it. I get it. I get it. But are you understanding in the times that we are living in? It's one thing to know, and it's another thing to understand. It's one thing to be aware, and it's another thing to actually have the facts. And we are living in a time right now that God is calling us back to him. And God is saying, come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Because I'm preparing you for what's about to take place. 
I need your full attention. I need it. I need it. And if I don't get your full attention, if you don't cooperate with me, I would allow things to happen. Not because I want to, but I will allow them to happen because I love you so I can get you back on track. I'm going to save you from yourself. I, I don't want it that way. I want to be obedient that if God tells me to do something, I do it today. I act on it right now. Not next week. Okay. So in the times that we're living in, and I'm going to stress this point, and then I'm going to close. Be careful how you spend your resources. Are you hearing me? Be careful. Everything is uncertain right now. You're employed today. You could be unemployed tomorrow. Are you hearing me? God is giving you time to get your finances straight. There's nothing wrong with asking God. There's nothing wrong with that. But God is saying this. So in other words, in layman's terms, so that you can understand. Many of us have itchy hands. We can't get money. It's like we get a rash. Like the money has to go. I'm a pika. I got to go buy something that I don't need to put in the closet I don't need. Me pica. God is talking to you. Te pica. Te pica el más cuando tenga nada. Te pica. If you have food at home, is there any need to be spending unnecessary money? Come on. Now I understand, me and Pastor Millie after service, I ain't going to get that woman to cook. We burned out doing all this spiritual atmosphere activity that's going on. We're going to go and get something to eat. But we don't do that every day. You get what I'm saying? So if you have, because God has given you, keep it. You, you see people do, do things like this that hurt the Holy Spirit, okay? You have soda in the fridge, but you, you don't want the soda in the fridge. You want the soda in the restaurant. You got ice cream in the fridge. You don't want ice cream in the fridge. You want the ice cream from the ice cream truck. That is three times overpriced. And then you tell God, what, what happened? I thought you were, you were, no, no, no. Because the moment I gave it to you, it was like you were allergic. Like, just like the devil is allergic and you let it go. Thank you, God. Thank you. Now, don't get me wrong. Being frugal and being stingy is two different things. Being stingy or maceta. I don't know how to translate that in, in English, so just bear with me. You got Google. Just Google it. Put maceta. Let me see what it tells you. Alexa, what does maceta mean? <laughs> okay. And, and there's a... <laughs> God is good, hallelujah. And, and, <laughs> and there's another thing being frugal. Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to use a coupon. I'm not ashamed to use an online code. I'm not ashamed to use someone's BJ. Yo, meet me at the store. <laughs> <laughs> meet me at the store meet me at the store meet me at the <laughs> let us be on our feet amen for those who are watching God bless you all may God keep you may you stay connected to what God is doing don't ignore the word apply it into your life and if it's hard for you to apply it ask the Holy Spirit to help you he is there he is there now you might see yourself in the situation that you're in 
But let me tell you something. It's only temporary. Because what God has for you is greater. So I bless you. I invite you to come to the Resurrection Center. We are located on 1060 Worcester Street, Indian Orchard, in the beautiful city of Springfield.